The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you desire to reach your highest potential in your professional life, the next hour is going to help you uncover proven concepts developed by Lori Moss to help you pump up your professionalism, up-level your career, and transform from being stuck to being sought after. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, tackles all of the tough talks everyone knows about, gossips about, but never fully address in the workplace. Now is your time to transform with the expert in professional presence. Now, here's your host, Lori Moss. Hello, and welcome to the debut of the Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. I'm your host, Lori Moss, and I'm looking forward to our show today. Wendy Smith, a regional director of Every Eve, a national retailer, uh, specialty retailer, will be joining us later in the show to discuss the fierce conversations that she avoided in the past and can't lead without today. Now about the show. What is it exactly about professional presence that makes people bristle just at the mention of the word? Now, I can project on a lot of reasons why that is, but this is what I know. When I meet someone for the first time and, and I, they ask me what I do, and I say I help professionals with their professional presence. It doesn't matter who they are, whether it's a man or a woman, they start adjusting their clothing, whether it's the lapel on a suit or a tie or there's a long explanation that goes to how they got up late this morning. There, there's an apology. It's a self-judgment that they have already made <laughs> that they're not, they're not needing the expectation. It's incredible. And it's actually a barrier for me. Because what can I say to that? I'm actually a very neutral person. <laughs> and until somebody asks me to assess and make the request, I, I don't look at it that way. But it's just an interesting perspective that I have on all this. So what exactly is professional presence? Let's just get that out of the way so we know what we're talking about here. It's everything beyond skills, abilities, and credentials. And what's interesting is our entree into the workplace are, is exactly those three things. We've persevered, we've worked hard, we've built skills and abilities, and gotten the credentials to get somebody's attention. But what is interesting is in the interview, the interviewer is most concerned about the applicant's professional presence. But it is not measurable, and it's especially difficult to discuss when there is no, um, when, when we don't know each other. It's very difficult to ferret that out. So many times, job offers are made strictly by referrals, credentials, and what the resume says. 
So let's say we get the job. And, you know, if we come from, the, if we come from a college environment, let's say we're, we, we were well-known in college for performing well, we had great grades, we got the great job. So there's a high expectation. And all of a sudden we walk into the workplace and it doesn't take long to realize that without professional presence, we, we aren't really able to deliver those skills and abilities with a lot of credibility. And it, I, so I was that person. Can you tell I was that person? <laughs> and let me just go into that really briefly since uh, we'll just segue over there. I had the degree. I landed a great job. I'm, I had a, a master's degree in finance. I landed a job with a Fortune 500 company up in San Francisco, uh, reporting to executives. I was a budget analyst, but I was still interacting with high-level individuals, even though I was more of a technical person. And it was an opportunity that was sought after by many. I got it, and I got in it, and I just wasn't prepared for that level of interaction. And I floundered for, well, it was about a 10-year career in the financial industry. And the way I maneuvered moving up in the industry somewhat to get advances, it wasn't about what I did on the job and how great I was. Because quite honestly, my professional presence was marginal at best. But it was a, it was a decade where it was an employee's market. So we went to job search firms. It was easy to get another job. Corporations paid for it. And um, that's how I promoted myself because I looked good on paper and I did interview well. This worked for about eight years until it didn't. And it was at that point in my career where my paycheck had suffered, the potential that I entered the workplace with had suffered greatly. And I, I was very unhappy. It took, it took about eight years before a manager actually pulled me aside and addressed, addressed some specific things that he felt were really keeping me from moving up. And, you know, I look back at that, and I was a little bit resentful of the conversation, um, mainly because there was, there was a kernel of truth way down in there that I didn't want to look at. And it wasn't until two years later in a new industry where I realized I have a new start and it's time to pump up my professional presence or I'm going to be in the same boat that I was for 10 years. So... And this is why I'm passionate. This is why I have a radio show, to be honest with you. You know, um, I was that person for a long time. And I, when I started managing, when I turned around my professional presence and really had a process that worked for me, I vowed that any employees that were under my leadership in the future, their professional development was going to be the number one priority because I knew that skills and abilities can be developed, that can, can be had. They probably already are in place. But professional presence is an art, and it has to be crafted. And, and so why the radio show? I want to bring awareness to people, the significance of professional presence. And also for employees to understand why managers are reluctant to have that conversation. 
And one of the reasons I think I was difficult to, to talk to about professional presence is I there was an elephant in the room with me, and, and I was 100 pounds overweight. Um, you can tell my life was unmanageable in the finance industry. I had gained a lot of weight. Nobody wants to talk about that, and it isn't really appropriate to do so. But I use that as a crutch. It's my weight that's the problem. Well, the first decision I made was to lose the 100 pounds. And in that process, I realized that my core professionalism issue was my inability to build relationships with others. I, I saw relationships as something to be dealt with rather than to be cultivated. So, so fast forward, I ended up getting opportunities very quickly when I took charge of my professional presence and had great opportunities and landed in, in just the right spot and I was sought after by the way I conducted business, amazingly so. And, um, and because of that, in my corporate experience, I became known in the company, if you want to become professional, Lori Moss is where you need to go to do that. Well, simultaneously, I was in charge of a $4 million business. I had 15 employees of my own. I wasn't in a position to be able to do that, and yet I had a deep desire to do that for people. And pretty soon that desire trumped the desire I had to manage a business and decided to go out on my own. And so now the Lori Moss Concepts Company is the go-to place for professional development. And... So enough of the story. What I really want to do is tell you what the show's going to do. We're going to talk about those awkward, sensitive topics that everyone knows about, gossips about, and never fully addresses. And you can count on this show to talk about those issues and um, give you realistic approaches to confidently being in the messiness of relationships. And we know Relationships are messy, whether they're at work or at home, but they're vital to our success and enjoyment in the workplace. And having been around executives for 30 years, what I saw was um, how building relationships was critical to managing at the buck stops here level because you cannot possibly manage the going on of a 50,000 employee company. You have got to trust people that, that you can go to to get the information to make a qualified decision. And you can't start building those when you get the job. Really, it's um, people that get those jobs already have built those relationships. And that's why it's important that professional presence is important for all of us who aspire to reach our highest potential in business. Now, really quickly, let's, uh, we've just got a few minutes here um, before we move on to our guest today. I want to talk a little bit about why these conversations are avoided. And, I, you know, fear, fear is at the core of this all the way around. You know, as a manager, even 
even when I was that employee that suffered and was stuck, when I began as a manager and had these conversations, my biggest fear was um, they would take it personally, they'll go to HR, um, you know, I would actually be at risk. And when I was trying to protect myself in that situation, what happened is the business I ran um, started sinking into mediocrity because when there's professional is- issues present in the workplace, it's distracting and it impacts everyone who is around it. And also, if it's allowed, if it's allowed to happen with one person, then the others who actually transact business at a much higher professional level actually start getting more casual about it because clearly the standard has been set that you don't have to set the bar so high, which is an interesting phenomenon. And the segue to that comment I just made was, it's an interesting phenomenon that it's human nature to let the externals, what other people are doing around us, being part of the tribe, whatever you want to call it, has more influence on the responsibility that we are willing to take for our professional life. We give that more influence than what we know inside to be so. And there's a simple solution to these really complicated situations that happen every day. And this is the solution. In business, you need to get respect. You need to build trust in order to get cooperation. And that leads to success. And what does cooperation mean? It means people will pause and listen to what you have to say based on whether you are showing up in the workplace respecting others, and most of all, respecting yourself. And once you engage, engage a client, a new client, whether it's a new employer, then they, that invites you into the next step, and it's building trust. And that trust is built on a consistent, high-level focus on the relationship and the needs of our, what I call our clients, anyone we work with. So I'm going to pose a question to my listeners today. You know, what magnetizes people to want to do business with you? What do you want to be remembered for with the people you interact with? And you know, we can't make people think anything. We can't make them like us. They can't we can't make them respect us. All we have to do is show up and earn all of that by conducting ourselves in business with professional distinction. And that is a prize. I can, for those of you who really aspire for top-level positions in business, the higher up you get, it becomes more critical that you have ambassador qualities, which means you can be trusted to represent the company within the company, outside of the company, and, and represent the, the core values, that's a huge trust position. And outside of the company can mean Wall Street, and then we're talking about the big bucks. So what happens here is 
we as we move up, we were we are always going back to level one because each position requires a higher level of professional presence. Professional presence weighs in far more than skills and abilities the higher up you go. So that being said, I think that is, I, I know that to be the key to success in business. And along the way, you will become fulfilled because you're building relationships and cooperation which makes our jobs so much easier than coming to the table, protecting our turf, defending our position, finding the differences rather than finding the similarities. And that's a lonely place to be. So with that, we'll be, we'll be right back with our guest, Wendy Smith. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. listening to the Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at lorimossconcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting lorimossconcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. Today we have with us Wendy Smith. Wendy's a regional director at EverEve, which is a nat- national specialty retailer. You know, after 14 years of experience and continued success in the retail industry, EverEve discovered Wendy when they were seeking leaders who were committed to excellence in building strong business partnerships. What matters about Wendy and what makes her most distinctive is her leadership and her laser focus on employee development. And in particular, Wendy has refined the art of conducting the fierce conversations that most people avoid in the workplace. 
Wendy speaks from the heart and not the hilltop of authority. So welcome, Wendy. Hi, thank you. Glad you could make it today. You know, you credit much of your success um, to developing leaders with helping them with the art of conducting the fierce conversation. My question is, have you always been the leader that you are today? Oh, definitely not. Um, you know, I think about the years and, and all the different experiences I've had. And honestly, when I, when I look at it, I've kind of failed forward one conversation at a time. And, and thank goodness I've, I've learned to learn from my mistakes and just really learn to understand that the conversation is the relationship. And, and it really just takes that investment um, in the people that I lead to really build those relationships. So I would say definitely not. Um, it's a lot of learnings over the years that have hopefully brought me to, to where I'm at today. So I, I know that you were, you were and are a very successful manager. I had the privilege of working with you several years ago. And I, I'm curious, when in your management experience did you real the, realize the profound impact Fierce Conversations had on your relationship with your employees and also the profitability of your business? You know, I, honestly, I would say it was several years back um, when I was working um, for a, a different retailer. And, you know, I had the collaboration and the cooperation of most everybody on the team. But there was one gentleman in particular that just didn't quite gel with the rest of the team. And I didn't quite feel like he necessarily respected um, me as a leader or, or had that trust. Um, and I think it was really that that leaning into that fierce conversation with him about actually it was, it was his hygiene that actually got the conversation started. And we really moved forward in, in laying out expectations and, and making it really clear that, you know, this was, this was going to be a deal breaker if he wanted to move forward with us. And I, I think that I gained a lot of respect and trust from him because I was so clear in my expectations. And I actually, strangely enough, I ended up winning manager of the year that year because of, I think kind of the trust I had built with the team, the, the partnerships and the relationships because of leaning in to those types of conversations. So the, back to the relationship, number one, there's a couple things with that. You, you were dealing with a highly sensitive issue with um, someone with a man. And yeah. what... What is the process that you, you use to prepare for that so that the, the well-being of, of his well-being was, is at stake in this conversation and also your business well-being <laughs> was at stake? Yeah. How would you prepare for that? Well, you know, I, I don't know. This is just me, Lori, but for me, I have to, to genuinely prepare for some of those tougher conversations that, you know, you naturally have fear of. Um, I, I really have to sit down and, and process it through journaling. I, I have to write down where my thoughts are, what are the facts, you know, how is this holding this person back from moving forward in their development, and, and really come to it, take a day or so, and, and come to the conversation with genuine concern for their, for their growth. Um, you know, I, I care about the people I support and I care about the people I work with, but I think it has to come from uh, a neutrality, um, a place of 
you know, these are the facts, these are the expectations, and then the results are up to you. You know, I I can give you all the information and and all the things that I am seeing, but the change is going to have to come from you and in your heart, and it's it's actually the ball is in your court. And so I I really have to process all of that through through journaling and, and taking a day or so. And, you know, as you're saying that, it's it's occurring to me, having been uh, a manager, um, in the beginning when I was, was really wanting to develop employees to be professionals, you know, I was, I was afraid if I had that conversation, I had to be responsible for their development. And quite honestly, I was running a big business. I had a lot of employees. I had a big clientele. And I knew I didn't have the time. So... Part of the reason I wanted to avoid the conversation is I felt I had to take responsibility. What's your take on that? You know, I think, I think it's kind of like I was just saying, I think it's so important, including myself to have fierce accountability of your own actions. And I think sometimes, yes, it has to be recognized on your own. And and sometimes I know it's had to be called out on me. You know, I don't think we always are able to recognize our areas of opportunity and growth. You know, I can recall, oh man, an awkward situation where one of um, my managers called me out on my email communication. Um, I guess I was using a lot of exclamation marks in capital letters and it actually sounded like I was screaming at them. And, and I wasn't, I wasn't intending for that to, to be received that way, but it was brought to my attention in that conversation. I, I will never forget it. And it, it truly moved me forward in my communication style. I'm so careful about email and texting, um, how I communicate and how it comes across because I know that's a, a crucial piece of professionalism. And that was something that really, you know, moved me forward in, in my own leadership. So, Wendy, how did that feel when you received that information? What was your initial gut reaction when you were told that? Do you remember? Oh, I was, I was sick to my stomach. And I remember feeling, like you had described, almost a little resentful um, because I truly didn't intend for it to be received that way. And so I got a little defensive. And I, 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 didn't, I wasn't able to receive it in that moment. Let's just put it that way. It took some time for me to process everything she had shared with me. Um, to really understand the impact I was having on the people I was leading or could, you know, have on the people I was leading if I continued to communicate that way. So it definitely stung, <laughs> definitely um, on a deep level. But I, I'm grateful that I was able to take that time to process it. And I think a lot of people need that. Sometimes they can't in that moment um, accept or see the opportunity for growth in that conversation. Yes, I've actually been on the receiving end of that myself. I've, and I've also learned as a manager that if I have an expectation that whoever I'm delivering the message to is going to say, Lori, you're right, I'm going to get on that. When, when I was vested in that outcome, I was sorely disappointed. And it, it really paralyzed me from having those conversations. And I, that's what yes, I'm hearing, hearing can- you're saying. Yeah, and I, honestly, I've, I've had some that have gone the other way, thank goodness, where people have actually been able to receive the message um, in the moment. You know, I had a recent situation where I had to address someone's, um, someone's hygiene, and once again, they, they were very disheveled and, and just didn't present themselves as a leader. And I was, I was really worried because I believed in this person. Um, their actions just didn't match their appearance. And I just think as a leader, your actions, your words, and your appearance all have to match. 
And I was just so genuinely concerned, and I expressed this to her. Um, and she was able to actually, although she was embarrassed in the moment, she was able to to really thank me in the moment for that conversation. And, and she has, in turn, done a 180. And I've, I've watched her results change. I've watched the respect of her team change. Um, you know, it, it's just amazing what those types of conversations can do. And, again, the, everybody's timing looks different. And for her, it was instantaneous, and she was able to move forward in that moment and recognize that this was an opportunity for her. But I just know going into those conversations now that I, I try not to have the expectation of that. Um, that way I'm not disappointed in the end. And, you know, as we speak, there we have all, those of us that have been in management have all made that transition from being an employee managing. And and really, if we're doing a good job, we're competent, we can really stay in our position for a long time. But when we want to move up, that's when professional presence starts weighing in in a big way. And there's that gap. And, and that new manager's manager can really be helpful in that situation because without the awareness there can't be any transformation Absolutely. and all of us and all of a sudden they're responsible for a lot of other people right so we have to yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like what you're saying is is we have to be the example and we actually aren't all that skilled so at that point so i have another question for you um what has been your impact on your reputation as a manager when, when either you're avoiding the conversation or you're having the conversation, um, or, well, let's just let's just leave it at that. Avoiding it or having yeah. it. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think I've experienced both, honestly, Lori. Um, I've had the experience where I believe a team did not trust me because I did not handle situations in a timely manner or at all, and I avoided them, and I, I didn't have their trust or their respect. And our results suffered. Um, the community and the camaraderie of the team suffered. But what's been so awesome is over the years, I, I have learned from that. And I believe now I, I have a team of leaders that, that truly do trust and respect me because I've invested in them. Um, I invest in them personally. I invest in them professionally. And I I genuinely treat them with the same respect I want in return. And I think the coolest thing is, is we have that open door that I'm willing to receive that feedback just like I'm willing to give it. And, and, you know, actually recently I received some feedback from um, a leader of mine about emails that I send on Sunday. You know, not everybody works on Sunday and I was overwhelming my team um, by sending these emails on Sundays. And so I've, I've really taken a look at self and, and how I can grow as a leader. And I, I think now because I'm willing to be vulnerable and honest um, with my teams, which to me just means sharing my strengths and my opportunities openly and honestly, it gives them a platform to really be open and honest themselves and be vulnerable and take risks. You know, we want our teams to take risks and try new things, but if we don't have that platform of vulnerability and a, a place for them to be open and honest, um, they're not going to trust you. They're not going to respect you. And you're definitely not going to get the results you want. Another question that this might be even the tougher question is, have you ever had the fierce conversation going upwards with 
your boss? Yeah, yes, actually, oh. I would consider it fierce. Um, I did lean into um, a leader of mine about the way our, um, actually, our regional calls were going. And I was feeling a little frustrated about, um, I guess you could say, certain people dominating the conversation. And, and it, was, it was affecting the morale of the calls. I, I could feel it. And so I definitely, I leaned in and had that conversation. It actually ended up going really well. Um, but I was nervous and I was afraid that, you know, she might think I'm overstepping my bounds. But I think all of these conversations over time, I almost, this is going to sound crazy, but I almost look forward to them now. It's, it's given me, you know, the confidence that I, I genuinely, I want to see people grow. I want to see people develop and I want to see, um, I just want to see growth. And I think in order to do that, we have to take risks with conversations and we have to trust our gut. You know, that was the biggest thing that held me back. I would say is I I wouldn't listen to my gut, even though I I knew what was going on. I knew the truth and I never trusted it. And I really learned through people sharing this with me and through trial and error that trusting my gut is is one of the most important things I can do um, in leaning in up or leaning in down or leaning in out wherever it may be. So when you say trusting your gut, what does that look like or feel like for you? When do you know that, that you're centered enough to engage in the conversation? Sure. Well, I think it's, you know, it's a lot of times it's, it's the information you have and it is facts, um, pretty clear facts. But where it can be difficult is when you have someone maybe doing their job, but yet things just aren't working. And that's a situation I've been dealing with where I'm dealing with a leader who is creating results, but something just isn't working on the team. There's no inspiration. There's no camaraderie. And it just feels really dull and and not exciting um, the way it should. And so I really had to lean into my gut to have that just honest conversation that, you know what, something's not working and I can't quite identify it, um, but we need to figure this out together. And that's where the vulnerability comes in and saying, I don't have all the answers. I don't know it all and I need your help. But, but leaning into that, I think, has been um, powerful for me. And in response to what you just said, you know, authenticity is a big word that's being discussed in the workplace right now. And, and, and the whole whole thing with authenticity is, you know, what is that? And, Mm -hmm. you know, look at me, I'm struggling even talking about it myself, and I've studied it quite a bit. But how do we be authentic, professional, and um, appropriate? Sure. You know, that's something I've definitely had to um, sail forward in myself. I was a very... I was very much a perfectionist to the T when I worked for a previous retailer. And I think that's where authenticity should have come in. And what I mean by that is trying to be so perfect all the time, it, it held me back as a leader. And I didn't know it was holding me back until I came to EverEase. And it was actually brought to my attention that it's okay to not be perfect. And that's being authentic to me. That's the vulnerability piece. It's just being real about what you're good at. It's okay to brag about what you're good at and, and share with others where you can support them. But it's equally important to ask for help and share where you need support to be 
to be successful. I think that's right. where the authenticity comes in. You know, and and I love hearing that, and I love being in this conversation. And we are going to be right back. And in the meantime, our listeners, are you frustrated with management who seems reluctant to address the distracting work situation? And what's the impact on your workday? We'll be right back to continue this conversation. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at lorimossconcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting lorimossconcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. We're back, and this is Lori Moss, your host for The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. Today we have with us Wendy Smith, who is a regional director for EverEve, a national retailer. Wendy and I have been discussing having the fierce conversations that really can transform business and, and the success of individuals. So I'd like to continue our conversation, Wendy. Um, I'd like to talk about likability in the workplace and how that impacts respect, trust, and cooperation. So that's a general question. I'm interested sure. in what your response on that one. Well, you know, that's so interesting. It's, it's something I've actually struggled with deeply um, throughout my career. And I remember my very first job out of, out of college I think that was probably the most important thing to me was to be liked. And so I became everybody's best friend. And, um, you know, it, it just didn't work for me. It, I, I didn't get the results that I was looking for. Um, and so I had to kind of learn the hard way that it's not about being liked, even though that's such a strong human instinct that we want to be liked and accepted. 
for me, I enjoy and am so filled up by my work today um, by being respected and by being trusted. Um, I think with that, people like you. And, and I've just learned, you know, I think it comes with experiences, Lori, that not everybody's going to like you, no matter how great you are, no matter how wonderful you are, no matter how nice you are. It, there's always going to be people that you don't gel with or that don't like you. And I, I've just come to a place where I'm okay with that. Um, it, it, it's not necessarily comfortable knowing that, but I just appreciate um, the relationships I have and in the fierce conversations because they, they create real relationships. And sometimes with that, people just aren't going to like you. And you know what I have found, Wendy, is I am suspicious if I'm really likable as a manager. <laughs> uh, I have seen many managers, not many, I have seen a few managers at the end of their career leave being beloved. They weren't always liked, and they weren't best friends, but they were beloved. And, and when I think of someone that recently just retired, I remember one of the last conversations I had with him was a tough talk. We, we just had a very different, differing point of view of what was going on in the industry, where it was going, and, and how we were going with it. But at the end of the day, there was a standing ovation, and so many people in that room had many of those tough talks through the years. Mm. And, he, and he is memorable. We're not memorable yeah. for being liked. We're memorable f for being beloved because of our interests, you know, our focus on the well-being of those around us. Definitely. I think it's about being real. I think it's back to that authenticity piece that people just want to work for, for people. And I think, you know, I work for people um, because I respect them and because I appreciate you know, them leaning into some of these tougher conversations. I mean, the person that leads me now has had to have a tough conversation with me, and, and I, I don't dislike her any less. You know, I, I care for her. I respect her. I trust her because she's honest with me. I know that I can get the truth from her, and I really appreciate that. And I think that's what it's about. I think people really appreciate honesty and just people being real. Well, and the, and the big word that stuck out in that is, is trust. And, you know, the first step to building trust is really self-respect, number one. And if we respect ourselves, then we respect others. And when, when we feel respected, then, then we want to move forward in the next part of the relationship. You know, I'm thinking actually of a client situation. We haven't really talked about clients. Fierce conversations with clients, that's tough. And maybe we can just go down that road here for a minute on that. You and I, both in retail, um, really been at the grassroots of developing clienteles and then, and then managing employees in a commission environment. That gets pretty dicey, too, at times. So are you up for going down this road a little bit? <laughs> sure. <laughs> It's a big category, but it's, um, you know, commission and, um, and, and clients and all of that really is a hotbed. So I can lead with that a, a little bit when we're talking about fierce conversations. 
you know, the customer is always right. Um, that is not the truth. And so what, um, boy, I let the customer get away with a lot of things and they weren't respecting me. But I allowed it. I said I allowed it because my company was all behind the customer's right and ultimate customer service. But the truth behind all of that is I didn't have the courage to stand up. And, you know, for me, it took, it, it took traction and time to have the courage when I finally was in a position where um, I had experienced a lot of mutual respect with clients. And so I no longer wanted to invite a situation that wasn't mutually respectful. And I had to have, I had to have the difficult conversation. Now, you're the expert around those fierce conversations. So I'm wondering if you've had that experience you want to share with us today. Well, I guess what kind of stood out to me, honestly, Lori, is I'm going to kind of go a little different direction with the courage piece. Um, I think courage is difficult in, in these situations. And, and yes, I have had conversations with customers where I've had chronic, you know, returners and, and, and really affecting our business. And, and I've had to share with them that I, I'm just worried that, you know, at this point we just can't make you happy. And I've had those tough conversations with customers. But when I really think about courage, I'll, I'll be honest, I think about a situation that happened with me um, when I was, a few years back and I really wanted this job and I went into an interview and I totally bombed it. Um, I really, I really messed up and I left just very discouraged and, and overwhelmed. And so I called my current boss and I told him what had happened and he actually encouraged me to lean back into this manager and ask for a second interview. Um, and I know I'm going a different direction here, but this, this courage piece I think is huge. And I did lean into that, that person and I actually got the job and, and actually got, you know, manager of the year in that role. And, and I just, and so I'm so thankful for um, the mentors I've had that have helped give me the courage. And I, and I, and I try to give that to my team now, you know, that, that importance of, of having courage and leaning into those, those awkward, tough situations, whether it be into a customer whether it be into a peer um, or even their leader, you know, I, I encourage my team to lean into me. And I think you just hit the nail on the head when you, you mentioned courage, that it, it takes a lot of courage in our job um, to have these types of conversations every day with everyone we encounter, um, not, not just the people we work with, but, but our customers as well. Yes, and every day is, is, could be filled with those challenges, whether we're facing the public or whether we are in the back of the house. It, it doesn't matter. Um, I, have one, uh, um, I have one situation in mind. I remember um, it, it was in the early days of my retail career, and I was in the men's clothing department selling suits. And I had a gentleman come in, and this was 12 years ago, it spent $4,000 in the span of an hour and a half. And the entire interaction was, I better, me, the salesperson, better recognize how lucky I am to have this sale. Um, and it, it, was, it was a very patronizing interaction through the whole hour and a half. And... Towards the end, it really escalated. And finally, I just stopped and I looked him in the eye and I said, are you comfortable 
shopping with me because I can guarantee you that my colleagues would be more than happy to assist you. And it was at that point that he recognized I was willing to walk away from that because, mm-hmm. because I wanted, I deserved the respect. And you know what? His behavior shifted immediately. And he, he ended up being one of the most memorable, enjoyable customers um, for the following 10 years of that career. Wow. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I had to pay my rent. But at some point, and I'll never forget that, that was a real big turning point for me. Sometimes it's easier for me to go out there and do it on behalf of my employees because I, I really want to see them succeed. It actually becomes tougher for me um, when it becomes personal like that. And it hits my pocketbook. (laughs) So, you know, um, it's fun. It's it's enjoyable having this conversation because it just brings to mind so many different scenarios, which is really what the Lori Moss show is about. It's it's a gathering place for professionals to come around, get in the situation room, look at these tough problems and to... um, to come to the simple solution by just grounding it back to respect, trust, and cooperation, building those relationships. Because um, there's just one other thing I'll say here, and I'll shoot it back to you, is every, I worked for executives for 30 years. And the, and the core reason that executives were successful from my vantage point was they had built trusted relationships for their whole career. Because when you, if you're working for a Fortune 500 company, company as a CEO, you are far away from the front lines at that point. And yet you've got to make decisions based on what's going on in the front lines. And you're dependent on those relationships that you've built through the years to feed you the right information. Um, you go into the situation room in the White House, the president is, de- is dependent on those people sitting around the table to bring their expertise, their vantage points. you got to sort through all the agendas, maybe the power struggle. But the key to being a successful leader is knowing who to bring around that table and to have built those relationships that you can trust. So that being said, <laughs> have you... Can you just, can every, the listeners and my guests, can you think of who you could bring around that situation table at this point in time that you would trust to sort through the messiness of issues? Definitely, definitely. You know, it's it's a really cool story, actually. I'll just tell you quickly. I had, um, when I worked at a previous retailer, I had a stylist that worked for me, and then I moved over to the company Evereve. And I actually asked her to come with me, and she did. She came with me, and I actually helped develop her into an assistant manager role, and she had not worked in in 20 years. She had never had a role like this. And then she actually ended up taking over this store as the store manager and is now um, probably the strongest leader I honestly know. She is so diligent and sets such clear expectations and has such a big heart and cares so much for her team that they respect and trust her 
so much that there is so much cooperation and I, I would trust her with my life. Um, she and I have very, very real conversations about what's really going on. And we have very different point of views a lot of times, but we respect each other's differences. And I think we're both so open to learning from each other that that, that creates such a strong relationship and partnership to, to move the business piece forward. Um, mm-hmm. And the team sees that partnership in us. Well said. <laughs> I think we've covered a lot today. Um, one thing is just really standing out for me right now. And it is about courage. And it is about self-respect. Because if we don't have that, we're not going to be able to respect others. You know, taking that into trust and cooperation, that is what makes us successful. And in the Lori Moss Show, you can expect to hear that formula every time we meet. Respect leads to trust, leads to cooperation, leads to success. So every situation we run into, you know, it's really putting it through that process. Now, we've got just uh, just a few minutes left, and what would really be helpful for the show is to hear what the listeners want, what questions you have, uh, what, where you'd like the show to go to address some of those hot issues that you're dealing with in business. You know, please, please send your request to radio at lorimossconcepts.com forward slash radio. And we will collect those questions and address them in future shows. We have a newsletter while you're there. And um, you can go to our website, www.lorimossconcepts.com forward slash radio. Sign up for our newsletter. You can put your questions there and we'll, we'll take care of addressing them. This is your show. I'm enjoying um, being involved in it. And we, we want to have the conversations that matter. Wendy, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. You're an inspiring leader. I've had the privilege of witnessing that, and your message was compelling today. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. To learn more about Lori Moss Concepts, our services, and to connect with the expert and professional presence, visit LoriMossConcepts.com. Tune in next week for more professionalism transformation. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, airs every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.